Generally, it's our custom in this and many United Church congregations for the second reading of the day to be the Gospel. But I thought that we would be in keeping with the displays around us to read this section from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is not a book we read very often in the Christian church. It's very important in Judaism, but we don't read it so much. It's an ancient book. It was compiled from all kinds of bits and pieces as far as we know, sometime between the fifth and the seventh and the fifth century BCE or BC. That's the middle of the Iron Age or getting near the end of the Iron Age. It's a really time of ferment, particularly in the Middle East. There were empires rising and falling. The rise and fall of great powers which we can read about here any day of the week at the moment, can't we? At the time that we, they think this was put together, Assyria was, uh, was in descent and Persia and the Neo-Babylonian Empire were starting to make their presence felt. And Deuteronomy was originally a collection of the law code and the covenant that the Jewish people should be coalescing around. And it tries to answer the question of what makes a group of disparate people a people, a culture. So this is one section of it. When a man is newly married, he shall not go out with the army or be charged with any related duty. He shall be free at home one year to be happy with the wife whom he has married. Makes you almost want to get married, doesn't it? Get a whole year off. Well, the man does. So early paternity leave and early maternity leave. Of course, you know, at the heart of it is the necessity of having children. And if the man's off at war, he isn't able to, uh, to make his wife pregnant and we might suffer as a people. You know, it's, it's very practical. But, you know, we're, we're still discussing maternity and paternity leave today. When you make a neighbour alone of any kind, you shall not go into the house to take the pledge. The pledge, of course, is what we would call today collateral. If you want to borrow money, what have you got that we can have if you don't pay up? A lot of us have loans for all kinds of things and the collateral is the really important part about getting loans. It's, why it's one of the reasons why it's so difficult for young people at the moment to obtain a housing loan is because not only do they have to have an enormous uh, deposit, but you have to have something that the bank can grab back if it all falls over. So don't go into the house. You shall wait outside while the person to whom you are making the loan brings the pledge out to you. If the person is poor, you shall not sleep in the garment given to you as a pledge. Apparently that was the main way that a pledge was made, an outer garment that was identifiably mine. Everybody, you know, these are small villages. Everybody knew I always wear this jacket. This is my jacket. And I give it to you as a pledge that I will pay back the money that I've needed to borrow off you. And this is not borrowing because I feel like I might want to put an extension on my house. This is borrowing so that I and my family don't starve. 
not the kind of borrowing that we are sometimes involved in. It's hand-to-mouth borrowing. If the person is poor, you shall not sleep in the garment given to you as a pledge. You shall give the pledge back by sunset so that your neighbour may sleep in the cloak. In other words, stay warm and bless you. And it will be to your credit before the Lord your God. No one shall take a mill or an upper millstone in a pledge for that would be taking a life in a pledge. Everybody had to mill their own flour. If you took somebody's millstone or the top stone of the millstone, you know, the, you've seen those ancient millstones, one's on top of another, the, the grain goes in between and it's, if, you're, if it's a big millstone and you're wealthy enough, there's an animal driving it, otherwise it's you and your children driving it. Don't take that because this is life and death. Treat people with dignity. It's not that complicated. It was true then, three and a, a bit thousand years ago, it's true now. When we lend to people, we're not doing it out of some kind of magnanimous role that we take on or some kind of moral superiority. It's what we do in order to make human culture work. And if you're going to do it, don't go into the house. You're not the boss of this. Be respectful. Be generous. Be caring. We've got a massive increase in payday loan lending in Australia. The Senate has been, the independent members of the Senate have been trying to get the, the Australian Parliament to look into this issue because it's such a significant issue. The amount of interest charged on payday loans, particularly the new online payday loans where you and I now could get out our phones and within a few moments, with very little backup, we could borrow money at great interest rates. And of course, if you're desperate, that's what you have to do. Small consumer loans, according to uh, the government, have tripled in the last decade. And they're not, again, they're not people most likely buying a better car because the one they, they've got, the ashtrays fall over, they don't like the colour. This is people buy, borrowing money desperate. Credit card interest rates have gone up over the last decade, even though the cost of borrowing by banks has gone down. Cost banks now less money to get money to lend to you, but it charging. But if you're using your credit card, you're being charged more than you were even a few years ago. It's the consumer uh, Australian Consumer Law Society says that banks now the biggest profit margin for most banks is their credit card lines. If you're going to take a pledge, you'd better be just and honest. It goes on. You shall not withhold the wages of poor and needy labourers, whether they are other Israelites or aliens who reside in your land, in one of your towns. You shall pay them their wages daily before sunset, because they are poor and their livelihood depends on it. Otherwise they might cry out to the Lord against you, and you would incur guilt. Underpaying staff in the restaurant industry? Things haven't seemed to have changed much, have they? 
A Fair Work investigation uh, uh, at the end of last year found that in some parts of Melbourne, 80% of the restaurants that they, they explored were underpaying their staff. And the reduction in penalty rates of some of the poorest people in the nation was put through by the current federal government with the acquiescence of the Labor Party. At the same time as the Australian Parliament allowed themselves to have an increase in pay, which we know, according to Barnaby Joyce, they desperately need. The same things are going on and on. This is 3,000 years ago. Pay people what they need. Treat people with dignity. It's not that much different than it is today. If someone is caught kidnapping another Israelite, enslaving or selling that person, then the kidnapper should die. You shall purge the evil from your midst. Now we're not so keen on the death penalty, but we are keen on people not being so, uh, thrown into slavery or sold. In fact, our government in 2018 passed the Australian Modern Slavery Act. It's, it's, it's an act that requires big businesses to follow their, their chain of purchasing back to ensure that there's no slavery involved in the making of the shirts that you and I are wearing or the shoes that we're wearing or anything else. But if you're a big business, I think it's got to be, you've got to have a turnover of 100 million, I, I don't know. It's, it, they're quite large businesses. They're businesses that can afford to do this kind of work and they're, they're required to go back and to check so that you can know that the clothes you're wearing have not been made somewhere along the line by slave labour, not just internationally, but piecework in houses around here where it's hidden. We should celebrate that. I'm happy to bag the government all day every day when they don't do the things that the, the, the scriptures and, and decent humanity requires them to do. But we should celebrate when we do something good and when and the modern, Australian Modern Slavery Act is one. I mean, we're in conjunction with other countries in the world who've done the same thing. The Scandinavian countries did this a number of years ago. Um, they've, t they've done something similar in the United Kingdom. So it's happening. And it goes on. Guard against an outbreak of a leprous skin disease by being very careful. You shall carefully observe whatever the Levitical priests instruct you just as I have commanded them. We have an anti-vaccination movement in the world at the moment, don't we? Things don't change. Why do you need to be reminded to keep your vaccinations up? Because it's not only about you, it's about all of us together. You may have been hearing in the, the, the problem with those people who are concerned about vaccinations and choose not to have their children vaccinated is that we're losing what's called herd immunity, which is not a nice way to talk about human beings, but anyway, we sometimes act like animals. So, And herd immunity is when the, the, not the big enough percentage of us are vaccinated to ensure that the community is safe. They were dealing with this 3,000 years ago. Maybe there are people who weren't listening to the Levitical priests, and their job, amongst other things, was to ensure health and safety, what we would call health and safety regulations.
You shall not deprive a resident alien or an orphan of justice. You shall not take a widow's garment in pledge. Aliens, orphans and widows are peppered all throughout, particularly what we call the Old Testament. They symbolise the people that you can imagine at about the lowest point in society, the people with the least amount of power and authority and income. They, in a sense, they kind of symbolise the people, the lowest of the low. So don't even, if you're going to lend money to a widow, don't even take a pledge. Don't take a garment as a pledge because you're taking all that's left. Of course, in the welfare of the time, there really shouldn't have been any widows and orphans because the system was, and you pick this up a little bit in the New Testament in the way Jesus um, interacts with some people, the system was supposed to work that if a man died, his widow and their children would automatically come under the shelter of that man's brother. And then if he died, another brother. And that was the system that was, was in place. They didn't call it a welfare system, but that's essentially what it was trying to do. But of course it didn't always work. Maybe there wasn't a brother when the, when the husband died. Or maybe the brother abandoned the family. So there were widows. Well, there shouldn't have been. Just like in our culture, there shouldn't be people who are living on the streets. But there are, so we have to involve some kind of system that is desperately caring and just. And it doesn't say, think about the poor people. It says, do not do this. It says, you shall not deprive a resident alien or an orphan of justice. This is not, listen, we all should be kind to each other. Let's be kind to people who are in trouble. Let's give them some. No, it's not saying that, although that's not a bad thing. It's saying, you shall not deprive them of justice, because justice is their right. That is the way the world is supposed to be. This is the right of all human beings. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights that we signed up to, that we together as the world community wrote after the destruction of the Second World War and after the devastation of the first. The first article says, All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They are endowed with reason and conscience and should act towards one another in a spirit of brotherhood. We signed that in Australia. That is our responsibility. That is the right of every person. Excuse me. That's the right of the people, the boats that the boats signify here today, the people that we still have incarcerated on Manus and Nauru. We're right in the middle of it at the moment because we've got we had to have in this country this is insane. We had to have in this country legislation forced through the Parliament that requires the Minister of Immigration to listen to doctors when deciding on whether somebody should be brought to Australia for medical attention from Manus and Nauru. We had to have a legislation that forced the government to do that. Any sane person would do that by right. If you're sick, the first person you go to is a doctor to find out what it is that's wrong with you and what could possibly be done to alleviate it. We had to force the government to do that with legislation. And not only that, 
We've got a government now who's trying to... It's insane. They're trying to undermine that legislation. They want to disavow it. They don't want to have doctors... What? What are we going to? Why did people all over the state paint these little boats and fold these little boats up? Why? It just seems like so little to do. And yet it's important to keep telling the story that this is not the world that we want to live in. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the fields, you shall not go back and get it. It shall be left for the alien and the orphan and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all your undertakings. When you beat your olive trees, do not strip what is left. It shall be for the alien, the orphan and the widow. When you gather the grapes from your vineyard, do not glean what is left. It shall be for the alien, the orphan and the widow. Don't strip it all away. Let us be generous to each other. Let's raise New Start, which hasn't been touched for 25 years. Let's renegotiate the robo-debt model of extracting the last bit out of people. Let's rethink why we would pay asylum seekers 89% of New Start, which is already woefully low, only 89%. And that being taken away. We have friends who we work with in the spy community and in Hope's Cafe who suddenly have, have had their, that measly 89% of New Start taken away from them with no story as to why, no story as to whether it will be reinstated, just left on their own, still without a visa that allows them to stay, just over and over on bridging visas. This is not the kind of world we want to live in. It's not the kind of world that the, the people of Deuteronomy wanted to live in. They wanted a world of generosity where even the poorest of people could feed themselves. And it says this at the end of it. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore I command you to do this. Remember you were a slave in Egypt. We all arrived in this country somewhere or another. Some of us might have walked here 60,000 years ago if the land bridge was still going. If not, then we paddled across the straits from Indonesia. Some of us arrived here by boat and depending on when you arrived, that was either a heroic activity, a virtuous activity, or according to our current government, a crime. But it's not a crime to seek asylum. It is written into the refugee convention, which we have signed. It is a law that we should be upholding. It is a right to seek, to seek asylum. Remember you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Remember that we are all the same. The great American, African-American uh, writer and activist who died during the middle of the war, I think, George Washington Carver said, How far you go in life depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant of the weak and the strong, because someday in life you will have been all of these. If we live by the grace we have been given, the life we have been given, We live in joy and we live as community.
Paul said, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. This is not of your own doing. This is not of your own doing. You have been given a gift of God. Amen.